Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Now we're looking at capacity, capacity for effective ministry. Now, I I wanted to teach from my book, Pastor Ben, please let me have that book, The Art of Concentration in Ministry. Yes. Art of Concentration. Okay. I I wanted to teach from this book, but I'll, I'll plead with you, please, if you can, get this book, The Art of Concentration in Ministry. The Lord gave me this message to help pastors to focus on three things that the Lord has called us to do. Preaching, teaching, and healing. But my notes I brought, I'm just in the first line. So I want to make sure that I finish. This is already in a book. This is not, this is fresh. <laughs> it's not in a book, it's not in a message. So I'll leave this and finish the message so you can always get this in the book. Uh, and if you go to my website, I have a couple of messages for pastors that are free on several areas. So you can go online, pastormax.ng, pastormax.ng. It's free for pastors there. Just go to the pastors session. Some of these teachings. If this has been recorded, uh, maybe in a, in a week or so, we would upload it. You can download it and listen to it again. All right, let's look at this. God's call, we're looking at effectiveness, building capacity for effective ministry. So in the first session, we actually looked at what effective ministry is. Now, we're going to look at how do we build the capacity for that ministry to be effective. Now, let me say this to you. God's call has a plan and a purpose. Please write that down. God's call has a plan and a purpose. I wish I had a board here. Let's look at this, right? Just follow me. Let's all assume we have a board. Okay? So, this is the call of God. Call here. This is the call of God. Alright? So, the call of God is here, right? There is a plan. Now, that call has a purpose. So, if you are going to write it, if you put call, plan, and purpose, that will help you to understand it. There is a call. Now, there is a plan. Now, there is a purpose. Now, this is where a lot of people miss it. They get the call genuinely. They now determine the purpose and develop the plan. That becomes a problem. Moses had the call. What was the purpose of the call? To save Israel from Egypt. What was the plan? He was going to come to the templates. But when Moses got the call, what happened? He attempted to kill a man and rescue the Israelites by his own method. What happened to him? It pushed him further out of the plan of God. Because listen, every plan developed in ministry that is not of God pushes you further away from God's plan. Because that will take your time. That will take your money. That will take your resources. So, what you should commit to the plan of God is actually now being used for something else. So, let me give you an example. Um, 
many years ago, about maybe four or five years ago, I was invited to Burundi to preach. So there were crusades in the morning and pastors' teachings in the in the afternoon. I'm not an evangelist by calling. Now, could I have preached in that crusade? Do you think that if you give me a crusade, I can preach? You think so? You think if you give me a crusade, I can preach? Okay, I think I can. At least I'm not that dull. I can do something. But do you think I'll be effective? It's not in my area of call. So you know what I did? I went to a pastor friend of mine. He knows him. Who is an evangelist. Paid his fare, paid his ticket. We went. He preached in the crusade. You know what I was doing during the crusade? I was taking pictures for him. And then in the afternoon, I'll teach the pastors. The pastors were a smaller crowd. Do you know why I'm teaching you here today? Because I was effective with that door of opportunity. I hear what I'm saying. You see the passion I'm putting teaching you. If here was one million and you are five, as far as I'm training pastors, the passion is the same. And if you listen to me train pastors, you will not, not read. You know, there are, there are people who read other books. Then they'll come and teach. I'm not a trainer of trainer of pastors. It's not that I've graduated some. No, this is an assignment from the Lord. And like I said, I stumbled into it. I want to talk to you about stumbling into your places of, of grace. I wrote that book, Dear Timothy, and people began to bite. All my, none of my books sell like the books I've written for pastors. My cousin in Benin told me, he says, a pastor drove two and a half hours to come and buy pastoring through prayers. When the pastor heard I have written out of concentration in ministry, he drove another two and a half hours to Benin. So, but I am not Kumuni. I'm not Polynesian. I'm not. You know, that's why my face is not on, on my books. Because if people actually sometimes see me, and they now see the book. <laughs> so my my face are not my face is not on my books. The pastor told me that he gave it to someone who was traveling to France, and the person read it all through the flight, six hours flight. He could not put it down. He got to France and called him. He says, "Who is this?" And sometimes I write the book and I ask myself, "What did I write?" Grace can only be given by God. Are you know what I'm saying? Now, it is your faithfulness. You know what God says? Because you've been faithful in little, I will commit much into your hands. This is where people have a problem. The little. They want to make it much. No, no. You stay faithful. He will now commit much into your hands. Are you know what I'm saying? You see, God has not called you to multiply anything. He has called you to be faithful. Increases of the Lord. You see, know your role. Know God's role. Paul planted. Apollos watered. God did what? Gave the increase. Increase is not our assignment. Faithfulness is. Are you following this? Look at this. 
effectiveness for an apostle called to plant churches and oversee a network of churches is different from effectiveness for a pastor called to lead a local church. Or different from a missionary called to reach an unrich people's group. Now, if you're called to reach an unrich people's group, your effectiveness is different. If you're called to plant churches, your effectiveness is different. It's you stop judging people by the same standards. Every call has effectiveness. See, there are some of us called to reach teenagers. Hmm? Let me tell you, those teenagers might never buy a car for you. Rather, you will give them their, your food, you will give them everything. Do you know what Let me not show you what will happen. Maybe many years later, one of those teenagers got prospering. He now comes and says, You know what? When we were small, daddy took care of us. Ah, it's this man that changed my life. He now buys pastor a house. Now buys pastor a car. Hmm? After many years. You know why he got that house and that car? He stayed faithful. But in our own generation, after two years, see, you know this teenage ministry, someone has to use sense. You know, we, have to, we have to use sense in it because the way this thing is going, there's no future. You, have you heard people say that there's no future in this work? Have you? How can you say in an eternal work. What do you mean by future? Ministry is not retirement plan. Is it there's no future? Is it the way I'm saying there's no future in this work? So, so we'll start a church. If you want to start a church like this, we'll now have a teenage ministry. It's, it's developing the plan. Remember we said the call has a plan. He's not developing the plan. He now gets into church. Trouble has started. He has stepped into an office he's not supposed to step into. Meanwhile, when you were running the teenage ministry, Things were not that bad. Children ate from you, but the food never went out of supply. Once in a while, you needed money to pay for bus to bring children. Somebody brought. You now mistook that. That once you do ministry, they will also bring money for speakers. You now entered ministry. The supply now runs short. Even though you had mentors, Know what God has called you to do. Because your mentor can counsel you out of the will of God. You know, I heard a mentor say to me one time, Don't travel! You're traveling too much! <laughs> and I told him, I said, Sir, I have two calls. I'm called to pastor the church. And I'm called to equip the body of Christ. God will hold me accountable for both assignments. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even when I started the church, ah, you can't go to church while you are traveling the way you are traveling. I said, no. That assignment, God hold me. From the day, I think it's just the first year, from the second year, Pastor Paul knows me. In fact, I was talking to one of our board members who is not around now, and he said, oh, we are going to August. Say, oh, your time of traveling has almost started. That's what she said. Because they already know. Because if I want to use human method now on a certain it's because I'm called in those two areas. I don't know if you get my point. So I'm not saying you should do that. You know, sometimes people struggle to travel. Let me just use that as an example. People struggle to travel, right? They want to travel, then they are raising money, raising money here, raising money here, borrow money here, do this work because we want to get on our own. I've never had that kind of struggle. I didn't start from the top, but I've never had that kind of struggle. The first time I went to Cameroon, hmm? I went to Calabar. I entered ship five hours from Calabar to Cameroon. That's how I first went to Cameroon. That was my first mission trip there. So you can know I started from the... 
I'm going to Cameroon in October. By the time we finish, I'll talk to you about it. I'm going to Cameroon in October. The ticket is 350000 do you know how I got that, the money for that ticket? He knows the person I'm talking about. But I was not, something came up on social media one time and I addressed it on full-time ministry. I don't know if you read that period on full-time ministry. I wrote an article, Paul, a one-sided narrative. Because people say, oh, uh, Paul was not a full-time minister. He was making tents. No, Paul was making tents because people refused to support him. That's a one-sided narrative. Paul was full-time. But there are people that the Lord calls today to still do full-time. Full-time is not old school. It depends on what God is calling you to do. So I wrote an article. So the minister blocked me on Facebook. He just blocked me off. But we're still friends. We chat and everything. Early in the year, he sent me a message and says, I see what you're doing. The Lord wants me to partner with you and sends me the money to buy the ticket. I didn't tell him where I was going. I just said, I have a couple of minutes. But he sent me enough money to cover for the ticket. Can you see who God used? So, I'm just giving that example to tell you that when you now see me climb the plane, it does not mean you go and now harass your members. If pastor can do it, I can do it. No, no, no. This is not dream. Where if your brother can carry 10 kg, you can carry 10 kg. That weight will kill you. I like what Bishop Wedderboy used to You know what it was very true. Say if the Lord has not called you to build an hospital, you go. You might be the first patient there. And that's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? So, every call has a plan. The plan has to come from God. God told them, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. It's good to have a global vision, but have the steps that God is giving you to take to that global vision. Looking about effectiveness in ministry. If you don't know what God has called you to do in ministry, you will suffer from very low self-esteem. And in an attempt to cure that self-esteem, you will do things God hasn't called you to do. That's why focus, absolute focus on your assignments is critical. Absolute focus. Bless God for what everybody is doing, but this is my call. You stay faithful there. You stay faithful there. And the Lord will do things for you in your mind you thought you never achieved. Praise the name of the Lord. What is capacity? Capacity is the potential or suitability for holding, storing, or accommodating large, um, large things. The maximum amount or number that can be contained. So if you say, this church has the capacity to sit 50, that means that is the capacity that the church can sit. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, the, the number I can hold. Now, listen to this very carefully. Every call has unlimited potential. Every pastor has limited capacity. I'll take it again. Every call has unlimited potential. But every person has a limited capacity. Now, you, you have to expand your capacity. By your own personal actions, you are the one who now enlarges your capacity because the fact that you are a spirit being already makes you unlimited. I don't know if, if, I, if I'm clear. Let, let me take it again so you understand it. The call has unlimited potential. Spirit can fulfill that call because your spirit is unlimited. The fact that you are spirit is unlimited. 
Right? Now, but you have a limited capacity based on your discipline. Your personal discipline. So, if you enlarge, which majorly has to do with the mental realm, once you enlarge that capacity, then you can be able to fulfill that assignment in an unlimited way. So, let me give you an example. Whatever you're doing right now, that is God's assignment for your life, there's more that can be done. I've written a couple of books there. Okay? Now God's given me grace to write books. God has given me grace to write books. But He has not bought a laptop for me. God has given me grace to write books. But God does not sit me down and type. The grace is unlimited. Buying a laptop, sitting and typing is limited based on my personal discipline. So if the grace to write books is there, that's unlimited. Writing the books is not my capacity. If I decide to not write two books every month, that's my capacity. If I decide to write one book every month, that's my capacity. That doesn't have control over. Are you telling this? And there are people also who write books and harass people all over the place. Don't do that. You already dropped the value of your book. Ah, somebody will write books. Somebody will not say they are friends of somebody. And somebody will not have the book. Hmm? Encourage us. No. It's a message. If it's a message, those are the messages needed for we get it. He's my friend. We've, we've been very close. There's no book I've written that I've told him, ah, have I ever told you anything? Ah, so you don't have my book. I don't know. I just tell him I've written this book. Well, he, he orders. Even if he does not order, I won't quarrel with him because you know that people who quarrel that their family members are not attending their church. Now, I don't, I don't understand why people are like that. Then you not, after quarreling with your family members, you not quarrel with your town people. Now, all of us, all of us are from Igala. And you come to your brother's church. I, did God tell you to start a cultural association? Why, what is this nonsense about? Why are people like this? In fact, he never pressure people to accept the call of God on your life. A call was meant from the Lord. Honorable, don't dishonor it. Write books, invite people for launching. He knows me. I've never launched any of my books. I don't launch my books. I'm releasing two new books in June. Um, overcoming discouragement in ministry and the cultivation of the house of faithfulness in ministry. A man listened to the audio to go online and listen to that. Overcoming discouragement in ministry. The man was almost contemplating suicide in Ghana. The, the message, he listened to it over 10 times. He wrote me. He allowed me to use his testimony as, as in the book. It's the first testimony written in the book. Another pastor that is hosting me next month in Ghana, where we're doing a pastor's meeting, he was almost leaving the ministry. His wife gave him the audio. The man, he wanted to relocate from Ghana. The man said, he's now in the ministry. He said, if you are coming to Ghana, you have to speak to pastors. He's trying to put about a hundred pastors together. One audio tape, I thought, when I taught overcoming discouragement in ministry, pastor, there were only about five pastors in the auditorium, which was a proof of what I was teaching. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, if I had just said, mm, five pastors, let me just, you know, there are people who, when people go attend, they now keep the main message. They say, well, we just thank God, thank God for everything, we just bless God, you know, things we give to us, even you people that are not much, we thank you. Then they now start talking about Satan. That the enemy wants to destroy this vision, but will not allow him. It's you destroying the vision. The people, they are human beings. Teach them. Stay faithful. Are you hear what I'm saying? Now, the Lord is taking, now, those books, just, those books just bless lives. There's no fundraising, and then I make sure. Where's my sister that was selling the books? There, right? When you came to meet me and said, uh, that flash drive, you gave them 4,000. What did I tell you? I said, since you have told them 4,000, send 4,000. I said, boy, it's five. I said, I'll pay you extra 1,000. It's not because I have a lot of money, but you see, these books, as I carry them, I'm going to account to the office. I took 10 books. We sold 5. This is the money. That is capacity. 
so that tomorrow when I want to publish again, they will keep me money from that account. And you hear what I'm saying? To publish that one, God will not teach you, Pastor. It's your sense you have to know you. Because some of you don't know ministry money, you don't know bookshop money, you don't know family money. You mix everything together and you say ministry is not making progress. There's no progress in confusion. You write 10 books. As they sell now on your way, you buy meat spice from the book. You buy plantains from the book. The next time you want to write another book, you are looking for funds. No. Permitted to look for After my first book, I've never looked for funds. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? We're talking about capacity now for effective ministry, which means that your system is your capacity. Your discipline is what? Your capacity. Are, are, are you following this now? That is you determining that so your ministry can be what? Effective. Let's look at this now. The next few minutes. So, when somebody's writing a book, uh, uh, let me use this. The first thing is not, you don't teach pastors write book to make money. So, this not be teaching pastors that. There's a pastor's meeting at 10. So say, do you know how much is in your resources? Do you know how much is in your, your messages are money. Convert them to books and you can make money. No, no. That is a wrong foundation. Every minister who writes, first of all, you're writing to communicate a divine truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you know what? What about those that God did not call to write books? Does it mean they will be poor? No. Every assignment has its resources already. The instruments of dispersing that assignment might be different. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why you have to, if God hasn't called you to write, don't write. Don't write. God has many ways to preserve the message he has given to you, he will tell you. I was, I'm in church preaching for the past three days, right? Three days we have a meeting. There's a pastor who came to buy my book from him, one of the books. And when I was coming for this meeting, the pastor showed up. He's going to show up tonight. How do you control over that? How do you, are you understand? How do you, how do you navigate that? You can't plan that. You ask yourself, how many pastors are reading books and other pastors bought the books? Decided he was coming to the city to attend the meeting. So what I'm trying to say is this: your capacity is what you need to control, but don't try to control how that capacity can make impact. Control it in terms of the faithfulness of your assignment. I don't know if you understand me. Some of you are called to write only tracts, write the tracts, publish them. What you find out is that that tract people will give to it, but you not say tract is no. A tract is free. Tract is free. Hey, you should do book. At least when you buy two hundred, I take before you start all those calculations. You might calculate yourself out of the will of God. There's an assignment for your life. There is a plan. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's look at this quickly. The first thing is that you must never allow administration to take the place of your devotion to the Word. In Acts chapter 6 verse 4, the apostle says, We will give attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. We will give attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. We will give attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. In our generation, there is a lot of attention to prayer. There is no attention to the ministry of the Word. So I want to talk about that. Building your capacity by paying attention to the to the, to the Ministry of the Word. Second Timothy two fifteen. There are here a few steps. Second Timothy two fifteen. It says, "Work hard." Second Timothy two fifteen. The New Living Translation. Work hard. I like that word. Work hard. Give diligence so that you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. So it's your hard work that also gains God's approval here. Be a good worker. One who doesn't need to be ashamed. Who correctly explains the word of truth. I want to. I want to. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tidy this up in five minutes. See, this issue of handling the word accurately is also capacity for ministry. It says you work hard, be diligent to study the word. We need pastors who will spend time on the word. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Spend time on the word. See, the word is what God has given to us to trade with in ministry. The word. The word. If I had time, I would go to how Paul finished teaching the word and miracles began to break forth. Many people feel if you don't get into the prophetic ministry, miracles will not happen to you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The scripture says why Jesus was teaching, the power of God was present in you. We have to raise ministers who pay attention to the word. Who pay close attention to the word so that they are able to rightly divide the word of truth. Take these five steps down. Simple steps to build your word capacity. Number one, study the scriptures. Not read. I didn't say read the scriptures. Study them. Study. A pastor should not a pastor should not just read scriptures. A pastor should study scriptures. You know, there are many quotations we quote. I did an understanding biblical interpretation to my, my growth class in church, and a lot of them were amazed. Eh? This scripture touched on my anointed, I do my prophet no harm. You know when we quote it, we quote it as regarding the pastor. But you know that's very wrong. The scripture simply says, Touch not my anointed once, and do my prophets no harm. He was speaking to the whole company of Israel. But you know why we didn't read that passage where? Because we just heard it, and we, we transfer it like that. In fact, I was, telling, I was telling them in church on Sunday, and they were laughing. When the scripture says a man's enemies are members of his household, you know, we use that to pray. But you know, Jesus is talking about discipleship. Go and study it now. Go and read it. I know you have never read it. You just read it, and then you start praying with it. Go and read it. He was talking about, if a man does not leave his father and his mother, he cannot serve me, for a man's enemies are members of his household. Why was Jesus saying that? Because a rabbi in those days, if you were to be a disciple of a rabbi, you would leave your father and mother and follow. So he was saying that the highest relationship that will tie you down from following me as a rabbi is your immediate family. He wasn't talking about somebody sitting in your destiny. Hey, look at it. It's there now. Go and read it. It's in the Bible. We don't read. That's what Papa said. We don't read. And I was telling you, you know, have you heard these people pray this? Huh? God sent a word to Jacob and he lighted upon Israel. I said, oh God, send your word today. Let it light upon us. That thing is a curse. Go and read it from other translations. Say, God sent a word of judgment and it fell on Israel. And read the next line. Go and read it now. It's there. You are looking at me like I'm there. It's there now. That's already the capacity. So, do you want God to export this ignorance to the nations? William Shakespeare said, even the devil quotes the Bible. You know, the greatest temptation was misinterpretation of scriptures. That's what we face today in our generation. And then you will not hear, but it is working. Results have never been a proof of truth. Truth has always been truth. Whether there are results or not. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Results have never been a proof of truth. <laughs> now, because, you see, let me tell you something, right? God honors, God honors His name. So, even the disciples who were not with Him, when they were doing miracles, and it's that say 70 others that performed miracles, should we stop them? You know what He said? He says, no, don't. He says, if you are not against us, you are for us. You see, for the sake of His name and His mercy, a lot of things happen. But how do you know the heart of God? He says, on that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, did we not do this in your name? And he says, I never knew you. What does he say? You are not my disciple. You used my name for your glory. You see, God will honor his name. God will honor his name. Paul says, some preach Christ out of envy. We preach Christ out of his He said, but in all things, Christ is preached. He said, God is not like us. His mercy and his name extends. That's the goodness of God. Are you know what I'm saying? But you, are, you also don't have to now follow suit. Because if the Lord is beginning to tug your heart in this line, it means that God has a special... Are you know what I'm saying? So study the word. Number two, read not just motivational books, but books that stretch your understanding of the text. Most times, you just buy only motivational books. This is one of my... <laughs> I mean, Pastor Paul is one of my greatest influence. 
He encouraged we, both of us talked and we encouraged me to go to a Bible school. So we start, I started in my second degree is in, is in Bible Biblical Theology uh, from South Africa. Now I'm doing my, my I'm doing my master's degree in Biblical Studies. And you know what? I chose not to go to charismatic school. Because you know what charismatic Bible schools do? They teach you the doctrine of their standards as theology. So I, I'm going to I'm going to an evangelical school in India. They are stretching my mind. They are stretching my mind on the text. Stretching my mind on the text. Sometimes I walk into a bookshop and all the books pastors find motivational books. Brain Tracy, Robbins, multi-level marketing. Before you know, they start reading scriptures. You know, when Jesus says, either wants to cause, so I must count the cost. You know, use that to teach goal setting. You know, Jesus about discipleship, Abi. You know, Jesus did not come and carry scriptures to teach people goal setting. He was actually teaching that if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you will count the cost. That's what some of you didn't count that is making you teach motivational speaking on the pulpit. Because you didn't count the cost of being a pastor. You like the suit, you like the shoe, you like people carrying your Bible, but that's not the cost. That's not the cost. That's the is it the frontier, which actually is not supposed to be because Jesus wants against it in scriptures. He says the, the leaders of the Gentiles lord it over them. He says, but not you, not so. I'm teaching my people on leadership again because I discovered that people in church has a warped concept of leadership. Servants, I don't know how you have time to get it. Servants and deacons in those days were serving food. Today, deacons will sit behind us and cause some trouble. Just, I don't have deacons in my church. No, there's no deacon. It's not a commandment. These things are not commandments. They decided to, I'm not having. I don't have deacon in my church. It's not wrong. I don't want trouble. If you come to my church, you stay six months before you join any department. Be sure you want to stay first. I'm not in, I'm not looking for church workers. I'm not I'm not, what are you working? What do you want to do? Ushering. Three people can usher. What you sit down here, you sit down here, you sit down there, you sit down there. You all need I don't know. My 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 daughter is um six. Zara is six. She can stream. She does she's she's in the media department. She's six years old. She can work on all of these things. During the COVID, it was me and my wife that was doing the streaming and my secretary. Everything, they learn everything. Are you hear what I'm saying? So that nobody is under pressure. I can own the ministry generation. they can do, I can do it. So it's not like I will need active workers. Learn the word. If not, you will cause trouble to the workforce. You get my book, Wisdom for Church Workers. Some of you are doing troubles. I, listen, if I don't have an usher, come to my church. I don't have an usher when I'm teaching, it's not writing. All my ushers, as I'm teaching, you see a notebook. Because you are first a student of the word. Are you know what I'm saying? My choir people, they are writing. Everybody's writing. Because if you don't learn the word, it's in my book there, Wisdom for you will now become trouble. That's how Satan enters your heart. Because there's no word to resist, and then you will sell me. And even if you're selling me for one million people, you will say, okay, you did well. You will now sell me for 30 seconds of silver. How much is 30? I don't say, how does this happen? They begin to get offended. Little things. Pastor did not. After my years of labor, you will now leave the church. There was no word. I hear him say, but we like dressing. Let me let me close here. Okay. <laughs> eh? We like dressing. Suits, red, women, long skirts. Yo, yo, nonsense. Everywhere. Excellence just in packaging. Zero word. An old minister cannot handle old and new testament effectively. Confusion everywhere. Some pastors don't even know the difference between old and new covenant. They mix scriptures. We carry the prayer of David that is a Sidic prayer. Something that was just the lamentation of a man. The man was kind about his own life. You took that and used that to pray into the lives of people that God has redeemed. Somebody's trouble. So they were not kind. Oh, my enemies, why have you sold me? Since things to do with the Bible, your enemies will sell you. Are you David? You don't cross scriptures. You carry scriptures from Old Testament. Take it to new. Confusion. 
give a lot of pastors the following epistles, they can't handle it. No idea how to handle the theology of Paul. No idea how to handle the theology of Paul. Take stands, take Isaiah, take Jeremiah from scriptures, they can't preach again. Because the message is not, there's no message again. Once you remove the devil and remove trouble, there's no message. No, there's no message now. There's no message. Remove Satan, remove trouble. There's no message. That's why you can't pastor rich people. Because your, rich, your message is only to the poor. There's only one who's concerned. It's not that they want to make it. They have made it. They are not telling themselves what next. So what is so is this life? Is this life? God not sending to you. Not I still go to another level. You must I don't need level. I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying, my soul is troubled. Eh? I see God giving you this time. I see God giving you this time. I see God giving you this time. Is he a prayer point? There are criteria. If you answer so, so and so, you have so, so, so qualification, even without prayer, you go there. You can go. Then you will forge paper, forge name, collect this one, collect this one. They will deny you because they see you are a crook. They see it there. Because go in, go in. I don't know what I'm Because just by the nature of your of your uh, of, an, of our nation, we are suspected. So you have to prove that you are worthy. Other countries they don't even bother. An American citizen can never pray for visa. I was going to the US. I got a US visa. I was going to the US. They said, if you have a U.S. visa, you can get into Turkey and you can stay in Turkey for a couple of days. Now, if you didn't have a U.S. visa, you can't. If you just had, if you don't have a U.S. visa, if you have the Nigerian, you have to apply for visa. What happened? The U.S. visa coming on my Nigerian passport upgraded because they see that if you can give this man visa, he's staying, he can enter our country. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So, the fact that I had that U.S. visa on my Give me access to Turkey. I didn't pray. But if I didn't have that US visa and I just went to the Turkish embassy to apply, prayers for my brother, join me, it's not easy, but they will give me. I believe they will give me. What is happening? It's just six cents. I'm not saying that there are certain times where you don't need to push. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? But I'm just trying to say that we can't build ministry around that. It's not the word. Build your ministry on the centrality of the word. Endeavor to study and be a balanced minister, both Old and New Testament. Matthew 2.25, Jesus said, A good man will bring out treasures from the old to the new. Oh, one of the books I love so much that myself and Pastor Paul bought. I like the title of the book. It's called Beginning in Moses. I like that book so much. Because in Luke 24, verse 27, Jesus says, Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, He explained to them the things written about Himself in Scripture. Luke 24, 45, He opened their mind to understand Scriptures. Look at this. Be a balanced teacher of the Word. Be consistent. Listen to balanced teachers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't just listen to people who you are excited about. Listen to what? Balanced ministers. I want to beg of you, please, let me recommend this to you. If, if you're a minister here, I want to recommend this book to you by Watchman Nee on the ministry of the word. Go and buy it and read it from cover to cover by Watchman Nee. Let's recover the word of the Lord. Please. Are, are you hearing me? I'm begging you. I'm, I'm wrapping up now. This thing called the word of God. Sorry? Watchman Nee, the ministry of the word. This thing called the ministry of the word. Please, let us recover it. Nee, N-E-E. Praise God. Let us do what? Recover it. Let's create ministers who would balance the old and the new. I posted something a few days ago. Our generation is lacking theologians. 
Because number one, if as a theologian you will not be popular. Number two, as a theologian you might not have money, you might not have crowds. So you, you are not successful. But you see, this word is sacred. How did the people in the Old Testament identify the Messiah? They understood the scriptures. As simple, and I say this with all humility, as simple as the difference between the Old and the New Covenant, you have a lot of people who cannot justify it. You go online and see what our generation is posting at Rema, as Rema, shallowness. It's pure nonsense. And you have people shouting deep, 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 deep. You know when somebody's brain is shallow, everything looks deep. There's no ministry without the word. Let me tell you. Convention of the Christian faith. The legacy of the Christian faith is built on the convictions of the fundamentals. We must raise the generation that is convinced of the fundamentals. What happened to us charismatic as I ran up? Because we're, in a, we're quick to prove that God wants us successful. We threw away the fundamentals that built strong believers. So in our schools, in our churches today, there's no Sunday school. Threw it away. No time. No discipleship class. Threw it away. No time. So what do you need to join our departments? Hmm? Buy suits. Like pastor. My pastor here. Can you buy blue tie? Yes. Can you buy white shirt? Yes. You have good shoes? Yes. Then crash program one week. Understand the vision of the ministry. Understand loyalty. So you teach them loyalty with teaching them Christ. So when you miss Christ, they don't know that you have missed him. Because Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That means they knew Christ. So when Paul starts imitating Christ, they knew. So now, because all you need now to get into trouble is just to say, what person thought is not correct. You know, people have spectacular visions there. Eh? When God returned the ministry, people have. God appeared to me, showed his wink, he was crying. God raised his leg and said, My son, I'm standing on one leg. Come and put my other leg down. You know, all kind of things. You know, all kind of revelations. Jesus said, God was even crying. Jesus said, Oh, oh, you are the last messenger. All kinds of things. <laughs> so it was angels that carried them and gave them spoon and said, With this spoon, you will feed the nations. All many, all kinds of things. How did God come into ministry? No spectacular vision. I just know this was what I was born to do. It's been 13 years full time that has been sustaining me. Never seen an angel. Don't deserve to see an angel. What's my business? I have a little word. I still have a about angels nowadays. And almost, I'm almost exalting angels above Christ. An angel appears to me. An angel appears to me. Do you have a problem with God? Sheep hear my voice. You are always hearing angels. What is your problem? Angels are servants sent to minister to the earth of salvation. How did we get here? People don't understand theology. They don't understand theology. And when you come and say, an angel appeared to me, you should say, angel. It's an angel. Paul said in Colossians, he says, listen, this doctrine, even if an angel comes, Paul wrote in Ephesians, say the things I'm writing to you so you would understand the mystery that is in Christ. What is that mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is the whole revelation of scriptures. It's not mystery on how to get favor, mystery on how to get house. Oh God, that is not your assignment. Many people in our churches are not born again. We must be clear on that. This is a minister's conference, so we have to tell ourselves the truth. I'll, I'll tell you. If anybody has money now and walks into any congregation, they will get to the top. Just so seed. First check, 500,000. Second check, 500,000. Man, okay, I want to see you. There are certain things God is showing me, but I believe that something God wants to do in your life. What does God want to do in his life? What does God want to do in his life? Need money. Just say you need money. You see, honesty will save you a lot. No, honesty will save you a lot. When I invite people to preach in my church, I tell my secretary, write in the letter. You are not permitted to response. It's there. When I invite you, the letter that comes from my church tells you that. Don't stand there and say, God said. What about, can God not tell me? No, he can't. He can't tell you to raise money for. He has already told us how to operate. Whatever we will give to you is there. Because 
You see, instead of you not to be able to know who God has not told and who God will, just protect yourself from challenges. I, I don't usually do I, I don't usually do this before, but man of God, can I? Can, you know, you can't. Don't worry. Hmm? Then when you invite me, it's under my acceptance letter. I don't respond. They are your church people. God told Moses, tell my to bring me an offering. If they are your children, if, if your people will give more to a guest minister when he raises money than you, you are not pastoring them. I come here now, I raise money from you, Pastor Ben, from I raise man of God. When you ask for offering, they, they give more. No, no, no. You are not doing your job. I'm telling you, I'm telling you this is the truth. That's it. That's why business entered into this work. What if you are poor? What, uh, they are, they are, what, what has that got to do with the assignment God has given to you? We are trying to prove that God is not a poor God. No. He has actually sent us to prove that He is the Savior of the whole world. Leave the rest to Him. I, like I said before, I'm not poor. Uh-huh. So don't think I'm, uh-huh. who is this preacher they brought that is a poor preacher? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not rich either. It's almost like, who are you? It's not your business. Christ must be exalted. Are you understanding? richest preachers in Nigeria. Lord, I must make that number. No, I must make that number. I like the reply that Bishop Beribo gave. When he asked him, are you says an insult. Say, God supplies my need according to his riches in glory. That does not have an earthly rating. You are not called to appear in Forbes magazine. There is a hall of fame in Hebrews chapter 11 where you are named. And in appearing in that hall of fame, for some people, they would forsake the riches of Egypt and esteem the reproach of Christ of a greater honor. That's what people need to hear. I pray that the Lord will help us to recover the testimony of the Lord. Go back, take the scriptures, read again, study, spend time in the word, meditate on the word. Joshua 1 8, meditate on the word. Brother Hagen talked about a man that was going from every convention to convention trying to get church go secrets. One day he heard Brother Hagen talk about the meditation of the word and he decided to stay back and be meditating on the word. His ministry began to grow. You know why? It's very simple. As you meditate on God's word, God will tell you personally what will work in your church. He will give you personal instructions because what works for another ministry might be the downfall of your own ministry. We're not called to copy each other. We celebrate what God is doing in the life of people, but we stay faithful to what God is doing. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. We honor you, Father. We ask that you will spare the hearts of everyone here. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.